We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. You guys can be seated. Give God praise. Hello. There you go. Hey there. Let's just give God praise again and just thanks for the worship team just doing it. It's amazing to see to see what God's doing here. Um, just providing and being so faithful. Um, just want to welcome every single one of you here. Um, thanks for being here. We're glad you're here. Um, and those for tuning in too. Um, thank you for just showing up. Thanks for being a part of the community. Um, if you are a new time or a first time person here, um, feel free to sign one of these cards, fill them out. Um, we'd love to get to know you, who you are, just some of your story. Um, and then if you want to uh, redeem it, we do have a $5 Starburst gift card in the back for you as well. So that is great. Um, something we just wanted to um, announce is we do have um, small groups opening up again for the community. We do believe that, yes. Um, our mission visions are um, making Christ-like disciples in community for community. So we really do want to bring that and have that ability to do that. So we do have uh, four amazing life groups. I've been a part of one of them. And just to see the amazingness that God um, moves in each of our lives to impact each one of us. I went in thinking, yes, I do want friends. I want, you know, other like-minded people to um, have community with. But I left with such a changed heart and such a a deeper friendship with a lot of the people who are here who shown me the true love of God. And so it was just great to see people get challenged, myself get challenged, and so I'd encourage you to do it. It's amazing. Um, yeah, we have four amazing groups. Uh, there's more information in the back if you want it. Um, they start February 8th. So let's get excited, let's do this, and it's just great to be here. Um, yeah, I just wanted to... Uh, invite the ushers back up here now or up here to go ahead and take offering. We do believe that our lives are a part of worshiping God and this is just one other way that we can worship God. So um, yeah, let's go ahead and take offering and invite John up here for today's message. Give Christian a hand, guys. And transitioning is very hard because we are just worshiping God and there's this, this uh, fog going on up here, all sorts of stuff, man. Uh, but uh, right now, I just want to, I want you to give a hand to my friend uh, Debbie. She runs the preschool and uh, she just has something she wants to ask you. But here we go, Deb. Come, no, no, come right up here. Everyone needs to see you. Oh, see, I made it just... Okay, John told me to picture you all as Korean, you know. <laughs> it makes it easier. It makes so, it easier. so it's kind of different. Um, I. Uh, Look at all these Koreans out here. Yeah, who? Just very nice. <laughs> I've been rather nervous about getting up here and talking, but um, the kids' ministries, I've been working in them for a little over two years, and it's an awesome thing, place to be. We can use your help. Uh, anybody's interested, it's an awesome time to join a team. 
you know, everybody's um, building out their teams and building out their curriculums and stuff. So, you know, it's awesome to get somebody in on the on the ground floor, not the down floor. <laughs> so if anybody's interested, I'll be out in the lobby after services. Yeah. believe uh, our, uh, our children are the church now, that they can do what God wants them to do right now, that they have a, a mission right now. So that's our goal for them, all right? So join us in that. I read on Facebook last night, it's not a direct quote, but it was a quote that if you want to know the true meaning of life, talk to a three-year-old. And, you know, the preschool has got lots of three and four-year-olds, and they, they've got things to say. So, you know, Come join the team, if you will. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I'm nervous, too. Except then I think of all these Koreans out here. And then it just makes me smile. It just makes me smile. But, all right. Also in your bulletins or in your programs, there's a worship team auditions are happening on the 7th. All right. So if you can sing or sang or play an instrument, we would love for you to join us and audition and try out. If that's your gift, use it. Use it. Use it or lose it, right? If you're, if you're not using your gift, you sometimes just lose it. But if God has equipped you with different giftings, if that's not your gift, don't try out, please. All right? Not everyone was made for that gift. And we have different gifts, right? But um, I just want to ask you, you know, please be a part of something big, big. And be a part of our worship team. We want to continue to grow it. And we want to use your gift. All right? So good morning. How are you guys doing? All right. Good. I just want to welcome guests. My name is John. Thank you for being here. I hope you got connected, met some people. Or you might be new to faith or checking things out. And I just want to thank you for joining us. And my hope is that we represent Jesus well. His love. His truth. And, and so that is our desire. I'm going to pray, then we're going to run right into this. Uh, but let's pr just pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this moment, Lord God. We, never, we are never going to have this moment again, Lord, in, in our life, Lord. So we don't take it for granted. We don't want to miss, Lord God, what your spirit wants to speak to us, Lord God. And we don't want to miss the people right next to us, that we could get to know them, that they are on the same journey. There is the same story, Lord God, with us, Lord God. So I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to our hearts and that it would, your word would reveal Jesus and Jesus would change our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, all right, just shake the person's hand right next to you. Tell them hello. Tell them you like their mustache. You have a very friendly mustache. Yeah. I want to start with a question for all of us, for all of us here. Have you ever felt like you just don't belong? Have you ever felt like the outsider before, right? A misfit, an outsider? I, I believe in all of us. Maybe you feel like that today. This is your first time stepping into this church, and you're, you're just glad lightning didn't hit you, right? You're like, 
Is that what happens? Is that what God is like, right? I believe in all of us, we have a sense of belonging, and we want to be known, and we want to be a part of something greater than us. I know I've been always hitting this point, but this is the point I want to hit, because all of us want to belong to something greater than just us, right? I believe that. Uh, and that's why people do CrossFit. Have you ever seen people do CrossFit? They lift heavy weights over and over and over again. Have you seen men in short shorts that run long distances for hours, right? I was talking to a couple runners. I was like, you got to wear short shorts because the club wears short shorts, right? Have you ever been to Comic-Con or been a part of like the comic club where they dress up as people and they do cosplay and, and it might be weird for you but really cool for them, right? I believe every one of us, some of us in here, we're foodies. We just like to eat. I just like to eat, right? I like to eat different foods, new foods. So we go to places and we like to eat. But all of us want to, we, we have this innate sense of wanting to be a part of something much greater than ourselves. Because life as normal ain't always cutting it. Because of, I don't know if you're like me. I'm a little crazy, as you know. But when life gets too calm, I feel like I'm coming out of my skin. I feel like something needs to change right now. And I used to feel it a lot more when I was younger, but life is a little wild for me right now with the three kids. We went to four games yesterday. I was just telling you, like, oh, life is hard. I go to basketball games, right? But I'm, I'm just saying, like, life is really, really, really busy. And sometimes when it gets too calm, I feel like I need to do something risky. I always tell Candace this, and she's like, don't. <laughs> Because we have different personalities. I'm like, I need to do something crazy. It's like, don't even think about it. Don't do it. But I believe all of us have something in us that is just thirsting. We, we have this thirst, this longing, this yearning. And, and maybe you feel it too. And I would like to call this thirst worship. Say worship. I believe you and me and we, we are all made for worship, and I'm not talking about singing because I told you before it might disqualify some of us, right? But inside of us, we have this impetus, this driving force to look for, to seek after, to be a part, to experience worship. We do. And on Sundays, on most Sundays, people are shouting with excitement. They're raising their hands. They're singing. They're clapping. They're jumping, right? And they're filling huge buildings. And I'm not talking about churches, I'm talking about sports stadiums, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 people coming together. You want to see what worship looks like? Just go to a Broncos game. It's amazing. The chanting, the experience, your heart just going, right? You want to be a part of that. Maybe not this year, okay? I apologize. Right, this year you were just getting the corn dogs. You're like, I'm going to get another corn dog, right? But people are committed faithfully, financially, passionately. And what's behind it all? Worship. Worship. It's wired in you. We, don't, we just do it and we're fueled by it. But here's the problem. There is nothing big enough, sustaining enough to hold your worship for too long. Isn't it true? We get bored of things. We can get bored of things right away. We're always looking for the next big thing, looking for real fulfillment. We're still thirsty. And with that in mind, please turn to John chapter 4. All right, that sounds awesome. We celebrate the Word of God. We celebrate the Word of God. So I, I just want to give you some, uh, just a uh, backstory. Jesus is on his way. He's uh, going out of town from Judea, which is the bottom province, to Galilee, which is his home base, right? And, and what he's doing is he's leading his crew to this area called Samaria. This area called Samaria. I, I don't, 
So he's going from Judea to Galilee, and he has to go through Samaria, and he ends up right here. A lot of people go around uh, because there was a lot of racial tension that was going on around at the time. See, Samaria was the wrong side of the tracks. No good Jew goes through Samaria, right? And people would avoid it. But Jesus is not swayed by cultural limitations. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading to you. There's a lot of verses, but just uh, bear with me here. All right, John 4, and I'm going to read from uh, verse 5. Eventually he came to Samaria, a village of Sidkar, near the field of Jacob, gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tried from the long, uh, tired from the long walk, sat weary beside the well about noontime. It's the hottest part of the day when no one was around. Verse 7, soon a Samaritan woman came out to draw water. She was trying to avoid the other ladies of the town from the gossip, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. Verse 8, he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. She was shocked, like, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? See, Jesus is overstepping his racial, social, and gender barriers at this moment. Why is this holy Je a Jewish teacher asking me for unclean water from an unclean Samaritan by, a, uh, by an unclean woman? Right? If you know anything about the Middle East, there's still a lot of these tensions going on today. But you can imagine how crazy it was back in Jesus' time. Verse 10, Jesus continues, if you only knew, I love those words, if you only knew. See, we think we know a lot. But Jesus is like, if you only knew, if you only knew the gift of God he has for you. And I believe that every Sunday I come here and I ask you, if you only knew the life that Jesus has for you. If we would just believe him for a moment. If we would fight what we feel and we would walk in faith. If we only knew what God has for you and who's speaking to you, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, she said, you don't have a rope or a bucket. She said, and this is well, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you even think you're greater than our ancestors, Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better? I think about that all the time when I come into this room. How can I offer better? I can't offer better. I can't. But I know a God that can offer better than the life that we're walking in if we do not walk with him. I, I know a Holy Spirit that would walk with us, that would give us peace. I know, I believe in a God that can heal. I love that my wife is talking about healing in the midst of her pain, in, in the midst of her chronic illness. Sometimes we got to stand in God's, we, we worship God in spirit and in truth, right? Sometimes you feel it in the spirit. You're like, I'm all in. I, I can feel it. And sometimes you got to stand in the truth. And I find it mightier many times to stand in the truth when you don't feel it. When you don't feel like, that's good. I like the song. But uh, is, is that the office? What is that? Snoopy. Snoopy. Thank you. Thank you. Tina will answer that. Tina will answer that. At least it's a good song. It's, that's right. It has to go to the bridge. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. That's the best part. Right? But how can you offer better? 
I think that's a big question we go from place to place. How many places did we go because we're always looking for someone to offer us better? Right? You go from Sprint to Verizon, Verizon to Sprint, Sprint to AT&T, AT&T to T-Mobile, T-Mobile to Walmart. <laughs> right? You're always looking for the deal. You're looking for someone to offer better. And that's why he said, how can you offer better water than he and his sons and animals enjoyed? I think that's a huge question we all walk and we all ask. Is there more? Is there more to my story, to my faith, to this Jesus, to more to what can be? She's asking about physical thirst, but Jesus is going to take her deep down this area of thirst. And he's going to talk to ours right here. Verse 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. And it becomes fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. It's not just eternal life one day. It's eternal life now. You could live in the life of God now. You, you might say, oh, one day I'm going to be with Jesus. No, be with Jesus now. One day I'm going to feel this. I'm going to move. I'm going to have faith. No, move in that now. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus proclaimed it. That was his message. And I can go off on that, but I won't, right? So Jesus is straight up here. Listen, God loves you too much to leave you where you are. He loves you too much. We, we, God loves you so much. He's not into making you feel good. He's making to grow you. And sometimes it doesn't feel good. It doesn't, right? And God, and what Jesus is doing, he always goes, he doesn't go after the symptoms of sin. He goes after the sin itself and that's what he does in verse 16 all right go get your husbands Jesus told her here we go right go get your husbands I don't have a husband the woman replied Jesus said you're right you have you don't have a husband for you have five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now I like her answer you certainly told the truth I was like well, what kind of answer is that I don't know how I would answer that either and I was studying this part of the passage, and many of you guys have heard this part of the passage. And there's actually two ways to read this. I was reading some old works from uh, Messianic rabbis, uh, but here we go. The first way we can believe this woman has been going from guy to guy looking for Prince Charming to complete her. Right? She's looking for Jerry Maguire. Right? That's an old reference. The, 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 the kids are like, who's Jerry Maguire? <laughs> right? She's looking for someone to complete her, but she's always let down, moving from the next guy to the next guy to the next guy because she finds her value, her identity, her worth in a man. Because worship is very closely related to worth-ship. I'm going to say that again, and you can write that down. Worship is very closely related to worth-ship. What gives you worth is what you worship. Think about that for a moment. The other way to read this is this woman was avoiding people because of her depression. That's what we do, right? When you're depressed, you avoid people. Because of life's difficulties, she had multiple divorces. And in ancient Israeli society, women did not initiate divorces. So five husbands have abandoned her. And some historians think it's because she was infertile. She couldn't have a child. And in this culture, childbearing was what brought women worthship. So Jesus was not trying to put her on front street. Instead, he was letting her know, I see you. I see your pain. I see what you've endured. And I love you. See, when Jesus points out our stuff, it hurts. And we get defensive. I mean, we might run away. And we would rather do religion than true relationship with God and people. So this lady 
quickly changes the subject. Have you ever been pointed out at something? My kid does this very well. I tell them to clean their room, and they're like, Dad, tell me the story about you and when you were a kid. I'm like, you're the worst. <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> but, that, you know, they try to do this misdirection, right? So I was this lady, she's trying to change the subject, and she wants to talk about religious stuff, about where to worship when, when Jesus is talking about what she worships. And there's so much to this chapter, and I would, would love for you to read the rest of John chapter 4. But now I want us to reapply this to our life. What do you worship? What gives you worth? And each individual is very different here. What do you worship? What brings you worth? What, I'm going to be a little stronger, what have you replaced God with? Maybe not on purpose, but I know we have, I have. Simone Wheel wrote, all sins are attempts to fill the void of true worship. Because if we were made for God, what we try to place, put place in God will always keep us searching for more. If you're searching for more, we have replaced our true worship. And here's some areas that we, uh, that we look to. And I'm going to call some stuff out. Enjoy. Enjoy, right? Number one, money and possessions. Let's be straight up. Many people worship money. And, and, and we're like, yep, they sure do, Right? And then we're always worried all the time. If you're worried all the time about money, guess what you worship? I don't like that, John. It's because things aren't put together yet. No, we always put things in front of God because God can't handle it, so I have to handle it, right? Even now, I can talk about broken marriages, your pornography problem, anger, and unforgiveness. But don't talk about money, John, because it's our place of worship. It gives us worth. And the more we have, the more we feel valued. If you feel more valued because you have more money, guess what you worship? I'm doing better than them, right? You always, you always look down when you, who you're doing better than, right? It's like, oh, I don't. And you look up in how much you have, like they have more. Yeah, Bill Gates has more than you. Duh. Right? That's how we do. We never look down, right? And, and because we, we don't want to talk about, don't talk about this. We can be blinded by the person we're becoming, by the money we make, by the possessions we have. Let me ask you a question. I don't know if anyone has asked you this question. What is enough money for you? Have you made a, made a, a number? You're like, this is enough. I've set this number. And when we hit it, I'm going to give the rest away. I'm going to be generous with my life. And I'm going to overflow into other people's lives because I believe my life is his life. What is enough for you? Or is it just more, more than them? It will never feel, say feel. You will never feel it. You will never say, I feel like I have enough. You won't ever say that. If it's by feeling, you will always lie to yourself because it's what we worship. I believe our culture has fooled us to believe whoever dies with the most stuff wins. But have you ever been to someone's house? Have you, man, let's be straight up. Have you ever, like, your parent passed away or your grandparents passed away and you look through all their stuff and it's all this, like, you're like, they have so much junk. To them, it was the most valuable stuff in their life. And they passed away and they couldn't, they had more stuff than they could give away. Think about that. It's all future garage sale stuff. It is. One day you're going to sell it 
for like $10, you're like, get this out of my house. Who has an extra large big screen TV, right? The one that was like really thick, like three feet thick, right? Five foot high. We had a bunch of them, right? And it was like $3,000. We're like, this is my prized possession. You know how many of those you see on the curb? Like it says free and then no one picks it up. That's right. It's all future garage sale stuff. Things that we find most important. It's crazy. Who has fooled us to believe that? Just look around. It's an identity issue. It's a worship issue. Number two, write this down. Relationship and sex. We live in a culture obsessed with sex. And listen, sex is not wrong. It's awesome. People think God hates sex. God made sex. If you're a teenager here, God made sex. That's right. For baby making, relational closeness and intimacy, and for pleasure. But it gets crazy when we elevate it beyond what God created it for. When you make sex your thirst quencher, you will will be deeply disappointed. Deeply disappointed. Because no man completes you. No man can make your dreams come true. That's Disneyland. Right? That's Disneyland. Ask anyone in their first year of marriage. They're like, it's hard. <laughs> right? And in the, in, the, in the last month of marriage, that's all you're thinking about if you're the guy part. Let's just be honest. That's all you're thinking about. Like, this is going to complete me. Guess what? Your first year, it's hard. <laughs> Getting to know someone is hard. It's like, it's like two cogs and like two metals and you're grinding down each other. Like, it's breaking all the pieces off of the hardship in your, in, that you have up, right? And God puts two people together in marriage to show you how to deal with sinners. That's right. He's like, this is how you deal with sinners, selfish people. It's you. It's you, right? And if you need someone else to make you whole, you're drinking from the wrong well. Listen, many people, I said it. We, we, we think this is going to make me happy, but relationship is work. You ask Candace. We've been married. This is go- we're going on our 16th year of marriage, and it's hard for her. Yeah, yeah 16 years. <laughs> Candace is so easy to deal with all the time. You're so good, babe. <laughs> You're so good, yeah. Uh, putting money in the bank, baby. Putting money- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, we are both very hard to deal with many parts of the time. And here's the bottom line. People try quick fixes, pornography, one-night stands. And this is just honest, man. Getting, going to a club and getting groped at the club, and you're like, man, I think this, is, this person's it. Right? He's like, all right, if that's how you want to start that out. Right? And here's the bottom line. And I know some of you guys met at the club. Let's not lie. Let's not lie. You know Mo and Tino? No, I'm just messing. (laughs) But here's the bottom line. It doesn't mean your thirst goes away. Relationship and sex are good things, but good things cannot fill God things in your life. It doesn't. Number three, respect and success. We want the approval and acceptance of people. We want people to look at us and say, man, they, they really are doing something. Look at them. Look at John. He, he actually became a pastor. People are surprised. They're like, John, you're a pastor? They, they all, my, people in my history say it all the time because I was insane as a kid, as a teenager, and as a college student, right? And I just tell you little stories, but I don't put it all together or you would leave, Right? But, you know, there's moments you're like, don't you know who I am? I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm better, right? And then that's just garbage. 
Have you ever said, I just want people to tell me how good I'm doing? You might not have said it, but you might feel it, right? And it's not a bad thing. It's just fleeting. The same person that pats you on the back will be the one that stabs you in the back. And if approval and worth is based on attaboys, what happens when it stops? Sometimes when people, especially men, when they lose their jobs or titles and they retire, they lose their identity and they lose themselves. They do. His, I, I remember going to Psychology 101 in college. They said, men die early right after they retire. I'm like, what? What is that about? Because they totally put their identity in what they did. And once that is taken away, they dwindle. They dwindle. They don't have the relationship to back it up. I find that that's not freedom. That sounds like slavery. Doesn't that sound like slavery, not freedom? Number four, religion without relationship. And this is for all us Christians in the room. And if you're not a Christian, you can point at a Christian and say, this is for you, right? We're following all the rules, but we don't have the heart of God. I love your fervor for God's word, but how is your fervor for God and for, and, but how is your fervor for God and his people, right? I love like, oh, this is the truth of God. You want to stand out. I love that fervor, but is, that, is there the same amount of emotion and, and, and passion for people far from God? Because that was the emotion that Jesus brought. He loved people far from him. Do you talk about the darkness being dark or are you bringing light to the darkness and hope to those who are in darkness? When was the last time you cried with someone? No, I don't cry, John. I don't cry. When was the last time you carried someone's burden? Anytime you want to love someone, you have to take on their suffering. And you say, no, I don't want those kind of people in my life. Guess what? You are those kind of people. And we were all those kind of people at one time. Can we see that? Can we see that? When was the last time you got into the mud and got dirty? Our religion can keep us from true worship of God, trying to work hard to be loved, to feel good, making ourselves good, condemning others for not being good enough. All the while, we can never be good enough. <laughs> what a, a trip that is, right? That's the whole point, guys. We cannot quench our thirst. We've tried. You've tried. I've tried. We've gone everywhere to do it so many times. Family, I want to say this out loud. And you might not know Jesus at all, but you cannot save yourself. You just cannot. You will come to a point where you won't like yourself. You will come to a point where you say there has to be more. And maybe you're at the point today and you walked in here and said, maybe... Maybe this is the place. Maybe Jesus, if Jesus, you can really change my life, then change my life. Change my life. Will you stand with me today? At some point, let's stand. At some point, all of us, we come to the well and we're thirsty and we need living water. Lasting hope. We need a Savior. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. I just want you guys to be quiet for a moment. Heavenly Father, I just ask you to speak to us. Not because we feel it, Lord God, but I believe your spirit can speak to our spirit. Even in this room right now, some of you are in this room and you feel a nudging of God. Your heart is pounding just a little faster because you know there's something that has to change. Your soul is longing for more and you've tried to fill it let's be honest many of us we try to fill our boredom or our thirst of worship with everything else 
Because seeking God is too hard sometimes. Praying is hard. Serving is not about us. And we read this Jesus stuff and we say, can we do this? But just what if the Christian life is an escapism? It's not this ticket. This is not Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. That the Christian life is jumping into life like you've never had before, deeper than you've ever gone before. And there you would find your wholeness in Christ. What if that is the Christian life? So I ask you, are you thirsty today? And you've tried everything. I ask you, turn to Jesus today. In your own way, there's no secret in the prayer. There's no magic prayer. It's just Jesus. I don't know what I'm doing. But God, if you're out there, if you, if you are Savior, save me. If you are the one that fills that void in my heart, that causes depression or that void that I have everything, but I still long for more because nothing can fill, then fill me. It has nothing about being good. It's about getting a hold of Jesus and not letting go. Following him into the greater story, that's worship. To the Christians in this room, don't, until you feel, don't wait until you feel ready. People need you. I mean it. People need you. Every day I hear about suicides. I, I hear, all of us know someone who has committed suicide, who has been hopeless, someone who is depressed right now, and I don't want you to pray for them if you're not willing to move for them. Please move for them. They need your experience, your wisdom, your connections. They need your love. Jesus broke every barrier to get to this lady. So I would say boldly stop all the excuses of why you can't and think of why you can. Follow Jesus. Crazy enough to believe you can change the world. Courageous enough to do it. Jen's just going to play for a little bit. Just ask, God, if you just speak to my heart right now. Just speak to my heart, God. If it's been hardened for a while, soften my heart right now, God. If I've been chasing after so many dreams, but I have not been chasing after you, but I said I read my Bible when I pray, and that's the adequacy of your Christianity, I would say, is that changing anything? The words have to fall off that page and have to flow through your life. I heard it this morning. You need to be salt and light. Hill City, a city on a hill cannot be hidden because we're not trying to hide the love of Jesus. We're not trying to hide the truth of Jesus. And if you have been hurt by Christianity or Christians and you're here in this room and you're giving it another chance, I ask you, and thank you for being here. I pray that God would heal your heart today. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. And I know this is not a big hurrah, but this is, we're looking internally, Lord God. We're looking at what we worship and what gives us worth, Lord God. And if it's not you, Lord God, we repent, Lord God. We get right. Repentance is not this crazy thing we do. We say we turn to you rather than to it, Lord God. Empower the people in this room to be the church, Lord God. 
to be the people, the family, the arms, the voice, the eyes, the smile, the connection of God to others, Lord God. Let us be the truth of God. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Man, maybe today is the day that you, you know, man, take someone to lunch today. Say, it's on me. I just got paid, right? Do something that takes you one step into trusting Jesus and to pushing yourself back down just a little bit. One step. I ask you for one step of faith, and you will see God meet you there. God bless you. Get to know someone next to you. It's really hot in this room, but God bless you guys.